Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Gems and as always I'm your host the Admirable Admiral and as always we're in a video store somewhere in hometown so come find us yes video stores still exist and of course the very 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 wonderful and talented mascots of the video store the Honorable Tesla and the Fantastic and Frida are right here they're both snuggled up because they're like dad we're almost at the 300th episode. <laughs> yes, we're almost at the 300th episode. We're almost at the 300th. And that disembodied laugh that could have be Seth Rogen. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's not Seth it's Rogen, not. guys. Sorry, guys. Sorry it's to disappoint. It is, of course, the very illustrious Bud Maestro himself. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Cinema Gems. We're another show that mostly talks about movies, sometimes cinema-adjacent things like video games and TV shows. Uh, and today, like the Admiral said, uh, we are celebrating our asterisk parentheses almost and parentheses 300th episode. Yes, uh, because... Um, because math is hard. So, yeah, well, also we have something next month that we'll mention next and at the end of the episode um, that we want to do, and I timed it up wrong. I counted a week, I think a couple weeks for too the, early for the cinemaniacs that have been following us for a while you know that in months that have uh five weeks in extra long months five fridays it specifically right, has to be five, five fridays friday specifically we like to do something kind of special as in terms of a theme for that month y'all remember last october we did michael keaton month we've done other themed months before and now we're starting to lean harder into that now that we realize oh like that's a fun opportunity for us to do something really fun so, we're not going to say it quite yet. Stick around for the end of the yeah. episode, and we'll give you a little bit of a taste of what's coming up in July, because yes. this is going to be fun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there's there's a gentleman on the podcast, of course, to see illustrious Buttmeister himself, that said jokingly, I think probably about eight months after you started on the show, yep. hey, when we get to the 300th episode, can we review 300? And that's stuck are. in my brain. Here we are. And then I'm just like, okay, cool. And you were even like, wait, what? I said that? Yeah. What? What, back when I said that, I had just joined the show. I had no idea where, in terms of episodology, we were, in terms of episode count. Um, I didn't know that 300 episodes was an achievable thing for a podcast. And here we fucking are. We're almost there at 300 episodes. I've been around for maybe half of 297. <laughs> 297. Asterisk um, 300th episode. So, happy 300th almost episode, uh, Cinema Gems. Holy shit. And for all the Cinemaniacs that have been around for shit, at least half of that, thank you. Thank you for sticking around. Thank you for putting up with our dumbasses every week. Uh... Holy shit. I think this I actually have the episode that you started at. Do you actually? I know I it was, I, I think it. it was Oscar nominations of 2018, oh, but I could be wrong yeah. about that. 18 or 19. Uh, this is the Sonic trailer. Um, yeah, Eyes Wide Shut. So I wasn't around for Eyes Wide Shut. No, so, okay, we're getting close. It is probably going to be, I think it was about maybe a hundred and something episodes ago. 
That sounds about right. I know, I know I've only been around for about half of the show's runtime. Uh, there's like a not quite as intense of like I don't know if you follow Game Grumps at all, but there's like a divide in Game Grumps of like back when the original Game Grumps of Ego Raptor and John Tron, and then post John Tron leaving and Dan Avidan joining the show. Like I like to think that I am this show's Dan Avidan, but with not as much baggage. Also, not nearly as famous or accomplished. Um, but anyway, this is the asterisk three hundredth episode. Let's get into three hundred. Let's get into this Zack Snyder two thousand six CGI slow motion roller coaster. I'm not going to call it a masterpiece, but it's at the very least a roller coaster. <laughs> um. So yeah. So. 300. Uh, this is probably one of the first movies I saw that was rated R. Uh, legally. I should say legally. Um, also, there, uh, also, it's, I think it's one of Zack Snyder's first films that he directed. I think so, too. I'm pretty, I, I don't know what came, I'm pretty sure this came before Sucker Punch. I'm almost certain this came Oh, yeah. Sucker, Sucker Punch. Punch came out in 2011. This came out in 2007. Uh, uh, so you got Gerard Butler, you got Lena Headey, you got David Wyman, you got Dominic West. You got an all-star cast. And you also have a original Dawn of the graphic Dead. novel. Dawn of the Dead was his first directorial Dawn of thing. the Dead. This, Which, again, I think this is another big... The, already like setting up his pattern of adapting graphic novels to movies. Which, yeah, we'll get into how much he really loves to do that. Now, before we get into the meat and plot of this movie, I need to give a big old disclaimer. We are not a historian podcast. We are not nope. going to get into the um actuallys of all of the things that are not totally historically accurate about this movie. Yes, these the, the events that this movie talks about are based very loosely on real life historical events. However, it is all over dramatized, it is all exaggerated. For instance, it was not just 300 Spartans. It was 300 Spartans, it was it was 300 to 500-ish Spartans with a couple thousand Greeks. And then as the movie suggests at the end, there's a much larger force of Spartans and Greeks. Um there's also Actually, I'll get into this later. But basically, uh, again, we're not historian podcast, and if you're really interested in the historical accuracy or lack thereof of this movie and want to get into the actual historical events, I highly suggest a YouTube channel called History Buffs. Uh, who is or let us know that we could be gestating history gyms where we talk about history. That could be another podcast we start up. You don't know. Let us know if you want to hear about it. In Maybe. the meantime, check out History Buffs, because they're actually, like, doctorate in world history, like, more than qualified to talk about these things. And I love his content, because he goes through movies and uh, bit by bit kind of points out where the things they get right in terms of historical accuracy, and the things they get wrong in terms of historical accuracy. And he's done 300, and as well as a bunch of other things, uh... Like, uh, like Saving Private Ryan, like Pearl Harbor, you know, he's, he's 
done a bunch of things, and his episode on 300 is basically everything I want to say, but I don't have the information to back me up with it. I will mention a few things and sprinkle a few um actuallys throughout this episode, but in the meantime, let's get into it. What you got to start, Admiral? Uh, and also the other uh, the other YouTube I watch that talks about movies inaccuracy and all that is called uh, Joe Blow. Um, he yes. he, rev- he reviews uh, he reviewed this one like what the fuck happened to three hundred yeah and how historically accurate it is as well um, and he has a bullshit meter um, about stuff like that and it's really an interesting episode and I watched it um, a couple weeks back uh, getting ready to review this movie uh but let's talk uh frank miller's original uh graphic novel this was based off of i think that one came out oh shit when did that one come out and had to be uh, late 90s or early 2000s right uh frank miller isn't as crazy as uh the guy who wrote alan um, moore alan yeah the, alan These moore are very general. out there guys um but frank miller in general has been more on the gory end is more about the big explodey bloody spectacle of things versus alan moore who is more about socio-political commentary yeah uh uh, people who know frank miller is probably uh daredevil born again is a really good one uh dark knight returns batman Batman year Year One. one yeah sin city like those are ones that he knows that everybody knows for him for, um, and he's very. One day we're gonna have to good. get our friend of the show, uh, Diana, on here, or Dinah on here, to help us talk about these writers and their kind of idiosyncrasies and consistencies, because um, I think she might be a little bit more qualified oh, uh, uh, to talk about these things than either of us. I'd love to have her. I'd love to have her on, um, but he. Uh, but Miller's also known for his uh, his visualistic of like film noir. And uh, kind of um, Japanese manga uh, type Mongo, of thing. But yes. And uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say it wrong. Uh, and also, uh, he also created Electra. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, are aware no, she. Of that. He he created the character Electra for yeah. Daredevil. Yes. Um, but enough about uh, uh, Frank Miller and his not so craziness, but possible craziness, but could be more crazy, but not as crazy as Alan Moore. We're going to talk about 300. So. 300 is first and foremost a adaptation of the graphic novel. It is not a one-to-one parallel to the historical events whatsoever. This is Correct. a faithful to the page, faithful to the panels adaptation of the graphic novel itself. Um, which um, I think Zack Snyder is brilliant for doing because any inconsistencies with history he can just go oh i based it off graphic of frank novel. miller's thing graphic novel yeah uh so it's uh so this this takes place in 479 uh bc at the battle of thermopylae yes uh and basically leonidas is ruler of the spartans and gerard butler who has a scottish accent is in Greece, and controls the Spartan Sparta. army. Okay. Um, and and in the beginning of this movie, they show they give us a montage narrated by David Wenham, uh, Faramir, from the Lord of the yes. Rings movies. Um, which the first time I saw this movie, and I realized, oh shit, that's Faramir. That made me happy. Uh, oh. 
because he's he's in this movie a whole lot. Like he's literally the narrator for the first fucking half of it throughout most of the movie actually. Who um, who is he in Lord of the Rings again? He's Faramir. He is Boromir's younger brother. Boromir Ah Yeah. Okay. He he's I know exactly who he is. Yeah. Without spoiling a movie that's been out for almost twenty years, uh he's the younger brother of a character that gets killed in the first movie. I mean, if you say that the character is played by Sean Bean, we all know that Sean Bean's character always dies, but his siblings Poor Sean Bean. Poor Sean Bean. Um, uh, 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 The first several minutes of this movie are all a montage of what it's like to grow up in Spartan society, uh, where the imperfect babies get cast away and they only let the perfect ones, the, the, the flawless children come into society which okay you're skirting dangerously close to eugenics here but oh 1000 it's you know it's it's prehistory so we we can only the only thing we can do is learn from it so basically Um, it shows how leonidas has become this perfect um perfect soldier perfect warrior uh showing how and he's in Spartan society, uh, you are mm-hmm. basically trained from the second you can walk. And he's also married to Lena Headey, a.k.a. Uh, Cersei, Cersei fucking Lannister, Queen yes. Gorgo. Uh, and basically, uh, the stories continue to where Persia arrives to Sparta, and they're like, hey, we will give you, I think it's earth and water, if you just bow down to King Xerxes. Is that correct? No, they're that... asking for a tribute of earth and water. Oh, okay. They're they're right. asking basically all all we want in exchange for infinite mercy is is earth and water is a tribute of earth and water is you kneeling down to the earth and presenting us with your water essentially, um, and Gerard Butler's and like Leonidas doesn't like that. You. And he says the uh, the famous lines, "This is." Are you gonna Sparta. finish it? You gonna finish? Sparta. Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to scream it like he does. Sparta. I, I, this is Sparta. Yeah. I, 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 okay. Let's try it again. Let's try it again, guys. We're not gonna edit this in post. This is Sparta. Basically kicks him into yeah. a bottomless pit. I'm sorry, earphone users. Once again, <laughs> a bottomless Look, for pit. For the record, I have my microphone turned down as much as possible because when I don't, apparently, it destroys people's speakers. It's okay. That, that's why. That's why the. That's why the speakers on my on my on my laptop that I record are broken because of you. <laughs> I actually have to go and get a new one because of you. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm joking. It was probably both of us. Um, so, so basically, uh, to stop this uh, King Xerxes coming and destroying um, Sparta, they decide to go to uh, this narrow pass um, that... The hot gates. Uh, was, yes, to stop uh, Xerxes. Which there are, forceful. there there are numerous instances throughout world history, throughout military history, 
where a very small force of soldiers defended a very tiny choke point that made the much larger mm-hmm. army's numbers count for nothing. Uh, think of the Battle of Zulu, think uh, Thermopylae, in this case, the Hot Gates, where they uh, can condense all the enemy forces into a narrow corridor. Um, Basically more, not a single file line, but as much as they can get their numbers down to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, strategically brilliant. And that part, as far as I know, they do get right from historical accuracy. Correct. Uh, I want to touch on two and things get... that kind of okay. sh- stand out as red flags to me. Uh, just in the first 30 minutes of this movie. Uh, we see a handful of uh, Xerxes emissaries and generals who are, for some reason, cast as black men. I just feel like I need to point out this elephant in the room, this weird inconsistency that bothered me a little bit while watching. Maybe I'm reading too far into it, but it did bother me a little bit that all of Xerxes' generals, who are all across the board pretty fucking incompetent, are cast as black men for some reason. Um, which wouldn't be that weird if all of the Spartans were cast, uh, all the Spartans and Grecians were, were cast, or Greeks, I should say, were cast as white European men and not Greek, Mediterranean, kind of like, there, there is no such thing as accurate casting in this movie, which again, Zack Snyder, he's going to do what he wants. Um. Um, and do you want to talk about King uh, Xerxes, how he towers? All, how he towers basically. over Leonidas. His, I've always loved the hilariously auto-tuned uh, voice of Rodrigo Santoro in this movie um, as Xerxes. What else has he been in? Uh, do me a favor, vamp for me for a minute and I'll pull up his got filmography. Got it. I'll do it. I won't edit this out either. So basically, uh, Xerxes comes and he's like, look, I want to have a meeting with the so-called Spartan that destroyed my men. Um, and he wants to have a, like kind of a meeting and sit down with him. So he co- goes up and meets, and you see him, this big, awe-inspiring, just towering, walking. And Xerxes is looks like about 9 to 10 feet tall compared to Leonidas's. I'm going to say, probably six foot like possibly five i'll give it five seven to six foot yeah but there's a distinct difference between the two people like sheer difference yes um so where is he at rodrigo santoro um is well first off he was in westworld okay all right um he mostly in a bunch of Brazilian stuff, from what I can tell. He was also uh, Jesus in the 2016 Ben Hur. Um, okay. Yeah, he's he's been in a bunch of stuff, but like 300 seems to have been his big American cinema claim break. to fame. Yeah, the the big thing that kind of shot him up the charts in terms of notoriety, okay. at least in American cinema. Um, I do have to point out one more thing that this movie gets so close to getting so historically accurate they they just barely scratch the surface of how fucking gay spartans were historically they like oh, just, about how they 
they their their the person on their the person on their right and the person on their left was the person they cared about the most. Yes, like they they scratched the surface. Uh, like when Leonidas is talking to his son about you know the the soldier next to you is the most important person, to, and it, there's nothing uh, more important than the bonds of brotherhood between you and the soldier next to you. Like they, they like they were five seconds away from from saying like. Oh yeah! Don't forget to form your bonds of brotherhood by blowing the guy next to you right before you go into battle. Because there's nothing homophobic about this. It's literally how Spartan and Greek society was before uh, European Catholicism came in and decided that. Uh, That's bad. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, like. That's bad. Um, have you ever seen the show Spartacus? Uh, half of the first season. Okay. Weirdly enough, that also super dramatized and exaggerating show, uh, got it a little more right in terms of just general gender fluidity and sexual fluidity of everyone. The lines of gender and sexuality were so blurred it was just like sex is sex love is love which we're getting much closer closer to as a society now um that's essentially how the spartans were like everyone fucked everything because so do you it, think it's a good choice that we picked this movie to do for pride month sure i don't think that was intentional but sure nope. <laughs> it was not intentional it's <laughs> not intentional at all um Look, guys. Yeah, I just um, wanted to touch on that before we kept yeah. going with the quote-unquote plot of this movie, yeah. because they Look. scratched the surface so many times without actually calling it out for what it really is. Yeah. And I feel like like there's so many scenes where they're just like fucking Michael Fassbender, Michael Fassbender's character, and the captain's son have so many moments where you're just like, oh my god, just kiss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, guys. Uh, when we we are pointing out these inaccuracies, we're not pointing them out because we don't believe in them. We're pointing them out because to mainstream audience, it doesn't seem correct. Mm -hmm. This is this is this is what actually happened. This is history, not this movie, but the loosely based attempts of the faults of this movie. That being said, I still appreciate movies like 300 for giving people the opportunity for, for showing these events in, in an exaggerated way and inspiring the curiosity of people to actually check out what really happened. Because yeah. otherwise people would never be interested in this shit. Otherwise people would never be interested in the Battle of Thermopylae and the Spartans defending their land and, and the... the conquest of Xerxes and the Persians across the world no one would care except 300 came in and made it all look fucking awesome yeah and suddenly uh, people were curious about it so yeah so basically defending the hot gates yeah uh, Xerxes like hey are you gonna bow down to me and Leonidas is like fuck no and then <laughs> Xerxes is like okay you're gonna get my mystics my people that I have from distant lands and I was like Oh my god. 
and then you get Michael Fassbender's light of uh, line of uh, uh, one of the general tells it. One of the generals tell him uh, our arrows will blot out the sky, and Michael Fassbender, being in the best shape of his fucking life, goes, "Fine, we'll fight in the shade." Yeah. And I love the payoff of that line literally 10 minutes later when they're all crouched under their shields, arrows blotting out the sky, and the fucking captain's son starts cackling. And Michael Fassbender's like, What the fuck are you laughing about? You had to say it. We'll fight in the shade. And they all start maniacally laughing while arrows are fucking bombarding their shields. Yeah. Oh my god, this is yeah, no. crazy. Uh, and so then after that, uh, I believe he fights archers. Then war elephants, which basically the war elephants look, yeah. <laughs> look very similar to what's in Lord of the Rings. To the Oliphants in Lord of the Rings, yeah. Just yeah. Sm- slightly smaller. Yeah, um, and then uh, the, and then there, and then how the Spartans supposedly lose in history is um, there's a person, a Spartan that has a deformity that survived. Uh, that comes to King Leonidas and he's like, look, um, I want to help. This will bring honor to my family. Please help me. Please help me bring honor to my family. I can do this. And Leonidas is like, um, I can't let you do Please that. Please being honored to us all. Because you can't even hold your shield right. And if you can't hold your shield right, you can't protect the person on your right or the person on your left. And I'm torn about this because on one hand, Leonidas is being very reasonable and practical of like, look, I can't let you be part of our ranks because you're just going to be a liability. But on the other hand, I'm just like, Leonidas, you could have like found a better role for him. Like you could have made him your scout because he's clearly already been scouting around and he's clearly not going to be a big red flag on Xerxes' radar. But... Let this motherfucker be your scout. And instead, Leonidas is like, no, you can clean up the dead bodies and give them a proper burial and everything. And this dude is like, well, you know what? Fuck you. Fine. And goes off to Xerxes. And tells him everything that happens. And I think he, doesn't he help them find a way around? Uh, the goat pass. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Uh, he, he allows Xerxes' armies to flank uh, the Spartans from behind. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we get another barrage of weird mystics, pe- mystic, like swordsmen, and all kind. Of, it's really okay, weird. Now, full disclosure: um, I have unfortunately seen the parody movie Meet the Spartans more than I've seen Three Hundred. Because when I was in high school, mm. my my as you call him, my adopted brother and I uh, had Meet the Spartans on DVD, and yes. It is a stupid, stupid, no-gem movie. But for some okay. reason, every time I see the Immortals in 300, I have to think of the Immortals in Meet the Spartans doing a breakdance sequence. <laughs> it's really stupid, but for some reason it just gets me every time. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um... Fun. I, I'm glad that you, you know, came with that. You, you, uh, you owned up to your, uh, your past. <laughs> yeah, that that bias. Um. So I think the mystics part of this and the swordsman part of this is a little playing too much into the stereotypical East Asia kind of. There's definitely some unhealthy stereotyping going on yeah. here, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, um, to and... the point where at one point I thought, like, <clears throat> is this... Like, I know Zack Snyder isn't Jerry Bruckheimer, so his, like, if he makes Republican propaganda, it's not going to be as heavy-handed as, say, Con Air. Uh, go watch the old Cracked right. video about why Con Air is definitely Republican propaganda, and almost everything Jerry Bruckheimer has produced is in some way some kind of Republican propaganda, but especially Con Air is the most egregious one. Um, th- this has some slightly problematic things to it. Like you said, Admiral, the casting of all European white men as the quote-unquote good guys and all Middle Eastern and non-white people as the quote-unquote bad guys. Any movie that does that is just a little bit problematic, especially since this was just five years after 9-11. So that was fresh in everyone's brains. You mean six years? 2007, bro. I'm looking at 2006. It was released at a film festival in 2006 in December, but the official release date for the United States was 2007 of March. Ah, okay. So six years. Because I I remember seeing this um, about a month and a half before I graduated high school. Gotcha. I didn't get to see this in theaters because I was still too young. Ah, okay. Um, And so then... While all this is going on, the uh, East Asians and Persian um, fighting against the uh, 300 Spartans, um, Queen Gorgo, who is played by Lena Hetty, uh, goes to try and persuade the Spartan Council to send more aid to the 300 Spartans that are protecting at the Hot Gates. Um, and she basically, uh, and is it is it Theron? Is that Dominic West? Yes. Okay. He basically is like, look, we can't do that. You know, we, we, that's fine. But he also tries to basically rape her. Yeah. Am I remembering that correctly? Oh, you're totally remembering that correctly. He does. He does rape her. Oh Uh, shit. Okay, cool. Sorry. I didn't not that. Yeah. One of the cringiest parts of the whole movie. That's why I forgot it, is because that's yeah, fucking... Yeah, he, he, it's fucked up. He absolutely does. He tries to manipulate her, and then literally in the next scene, when Queen Gorgo is addressing the council and going, we have to help our men, he gets up there and goes, why would we trust the word of an adulterer? You welcomed me into your bed last night. And like everything this dude said just makes you want to fucking shoot him. Fuck this dude. Absolutely, 100%, fuck this dude. And then she stabs him? And then there's a bag There's a bag of gold, that, but it's Xerxes gold? Yeah. That, am it, I remembering it, this right? Oh, no, you're 100% remembering right. Uh, that he he uh, spills a bag of bribe money, essentially. Like, making it clear to everyone, because the audience is already well aware of this, but making it clear to everyone in that council of oh he's full of dirty money like he he and the oracle and oh yeah that's another really fucking weird scene that we skipped over toward the the fucking oracle yeah the oracle with the weird deformed guys and a drugged out teenager and one of the first times i I ever saw nipples on screen as a kid oh 
I think she's like was like I think technically according to Joe Blow she was like her character should have been like not saying that I condone this but like 14 or 15 years old it's because, for the best that they didn't do that correct but like that's what it was back in the day is they had oracles and basically they would give him you know like kind of um hallucinogenics yeah uh drugs and make them foreshadow something, but inevitably it would never be correct or wrong. It would always yeah. be ambiguous. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And so then they decide to send uh, some aides of 300, but I think they get there too late? Or am I remembering, misremembering oh. that? So... I believe uh, the sequence of events here, uh, 300 Spartans are pushing and pushing and pushing uh, with the help of the of some of the Greeks, um, who they call amateurs. And I do low-key kind of love the scene where they, they pull up on the Greeks and the Greeks are like, what the hell, you only brought 300 Spartans? You only brought 300 warriors? And Leonidas is like, yeah, I brought 300 warriors. What did you bring? A thousand blacksmiths and carpenters and shit? Like, what is your profession? What's your profession? Spartans, what's your profession? And they don't really give an answer. They just kind of yell. <laughs> I'm like, that's not an answer, but okay, sure. Um, uh, uh, they're pushing and pushing. Uh, the ugly mole gives away uh, the flanking path. Uh, they get flanked, Spartans all get fucking wiped out, but not before Leonidas proves that uh, Xerxes is not a god, and he can bleed. Oh, does he hit him with a spear, right? He hits him right in the face with a spear, which was the whole point of what he was trying to do. He was literally just trying to prove that this guy can bleed. He is not actually a god. Yeah. Um. And, and then, uh, uh, oh, wait, get fucking wait. wiped out. And then yeah. right before that, Faramir, uh, what's his name in this movie? Where did you go? Michael Fassbender? Uh, Dave, David Wenham. No, oh, okay. Michael Fassbender is Stel, uh, Stelos? Stelios. Uh, Stelios. Stelios! Stelios! Um, uh, no, uh, David Wenham. Delios. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at that right. It totally is. Uh, Delios um, gets injured in a previous battle, and then Leonidas is like, hey, look, I want you to go back to Sparta and rally a bigger army. Uh, tell them that we're pretty much fucked over here. Uh, we're going to get wiped out, but send back up. Like, let us be the spark that lights the fire under the Spartans' asses. And that's exactly what happens. Fucking David Wenham comes back right after Lena Headey uh, exposes the mole. Um, and they're like, yeah, we have a shit ton of soldiers ready. We're gonna... This whole movie, all of David Wenham's uh, narration was all like, okay, Leonidas and everything they did in this movie is the precursor to the real big battle of us really pushing back against uh, the Persians. Um, which yeah. you can kind of, sort of see in 300 Rise of a Nation, or Rise of an Empire, um, kind of, sort of. 
I don't fully recommend that movie if I'm being honest. I did see that one in theaters. Um Oh, you saw that one in theaters? But should we talk about should we talk about um the honor that it is when when Lena Hetty tells uh Gerard Butler come back with your shield or on it because it was more honorable to die in battle than come back wounded. Than to be captured. Yeah. Which, uh, full disclosure, uh, I needed GLaDOS to explain that line to me. That's what I got from the general premise Um, of that. Because we were watching this movie together and I needed... Hello? Uh, No, I, I just say that I think it's more honorable to die in battle than to come back wounded. Yeah. Yeah, and I needed GLaDOS to explain that line to me because the first time I heard it, I was like, this seems like kind of a redundant line, come back alive or dead. Like, what other alternatives are there? To which GLaDOS was like, uh, getting captured? Getting tortured? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, But basically... Uh, they, um, one of, one of the, yeah, this... one of the scenes I remember the most is when, uh, Leonidas is basically, uh, basically skewered with arrows, uh, yes. and the camera just pans up and you see all of the 300, um, Spartans just skewered with arrows. Yep. It is a very gross scene to look at but you need to see in a see movie it. where there are plenty of gross scenes to look at yes uh it needs to be seen to it's not history but basically this, this did happen um not exactly the way it did but it's it's fantasized history it's fantastical yep. history it's yeah. exaggerated history you know what which, this is again uh, is, what, what? This is a homebrew. It's a homebrew of d It's essentially a homebrew. It's it's a gateway into real yeah. history. Yeah. It's a... Uh, he, here's a here's a mild introduction of, like, an easy... Easier to swallow, easier to digest version of something that his, happened historically. Uh, and hopefully this will be the gateway to you actually researching what the hell really happened yes which again Uh, history buffs yeah so that is uh the movie 300 for our quote-unquote asterisk 300th episode really our 297th episode but you know what math is hard and once you get past 100 episodes of any show you you stop really i'm not going to say keeping track but like Keeping track of every single one starts to get a little bit harder and harder, I imagine. That's why I have this notebook right here. So I have my notebook. Um, but yeah, uh, guys, we have a rating system here on Cinema Gems. Full gem, an amazing movie. Half gem, an all right movie. No gem, a horror movie. The illustrious Buttmeister himself. What do you give 300? Your pick to do the 300th episode jokingly, and then I surprisingly go, okay. And turn out to you, and you're like, "Oh shit, you're I, okay." So I, I will say, were. depending on your mood, depending on your mindset going into this movie, 
This can be anywhere between a really drunk, fun, whole gem where you're just like, fuck yeah, Spartans, this is fucking awesome. Or, you know, uh, a mildly fun half gem where if you're like me, you're going to overthink everything and you're going to be like, oh, well, this is fun, but... So it's anywhere between a half gem and a whole gem. I'm going to call it a really drunk, fun half gem. No, no, that's what I would say. Um, inebriated half gem. Um, it's it's fun. It's far from perfect, but I hope no one goes into a Zack Snyder movie expecting cinematic perfection. Go yeah. into a Zack Snyder movie expecting uh, comic book panels literally brought to life. Because that's yeah. what he does. Whether it's 300 or Watchmen or Justice League or Batman vs. Superman or even Sucker Punch... Zack Snyder specializes in making cinematic live-action versions of beautiful comic book panels. To the yeah. point that there are so many one-to-one -one parallels between the Frank Miller graphic novel 300 and Zack Snyder's movie 300, where there are literally shots that are straight fucking from the graphic novel. And they're there beautifully done. There, there is, uh, so basically this is a movie that if you're hanging out with some, with some friends, it doesn't have to be just guys. It can be women. It can be whoever you choose to hang out with and you're, you know, planning to hang out, planning to chill out. Um, and you decide, Hey, let's watch a movie. This is the type of movie you put on and just mystery science theater 3000. Like this oh, is yeah, the type 100%. of movie you do. 100%. This is this this is the kind of movie I would want playing in a bar if there's no sports on. <laughs> I could just you know whatever what I mean? say Smitch and Sparta, you take a shot. <laughs> yes, actually. You know what? Oh that sounds like God. a wonderful drinking game. Oh god. This, whatever this is it the makes kind you of movie cringe. That I would want to watch in a bar. That being what said, keep in mind I've also been pushing for like I I'm the kind of nerd that I think it's weird that it's so socially normal to have football and sporting events in bars, but for some reason we don't have big bar events for, like, big geek and pop culture things. Like, why can't we all get together to the Crown in a bar and, and watch Loki? Why, you should go to why, the Ground and Anchor and go watch Doctor Who, because the Crown and Anchor over in Algiers Point uh, as a TARDIS on the outside, and when the, whenever there's a uh, new Doctor Who episode, they uh, premiere it like that. Oh, that is pretty cool, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't. I am um, actually well, you. you. You get to do that sometimes, and I, I hope you enjoy it. I am actually you. Uh, yeah, and uh, and also there's a uh, Bad Wolf Bar over on a. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, uh, English Turn. Uh, there uh, over there near Bell Chase. Uh, there's a geek bar over there as well. Uh, but well, yeah, hey, guys. Before we wrap up today, uh, Cinemaniacs, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for for staying with us for however many episodes you've been with us for. But for some of you, if it's 300, hell yeah! Thank you so much for sticking with us. Thank you for sticking with me for the. I'm gonna guess 150 ish episodes i've been on whoa, whoa, whoa. Which, thank you again admiral 100 about 100 and less than 120 
okay, 120-ish episodes. That's still more episodes than I ever thought I'd be on anyone else's podcast. Shit. That's, it's still awesome for me to just be around for the ride this long. And look, Cinemaniacs, uh, as always, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, uh, recipes, um, you can send them all to cinemagems15 at gmail.com. You can, of or, course... Uh, or uh, personal message the Instagram at cinemagemspod, and also yep. personal message the Twitter page, cinemagems underscore pod. To let yep. us know what you want us to review, uh, what you want us to do, or some recipes that you have, some ideas. Don't forget so... to use, especially if you're going to tweet at us, don't forget to use the hashtag Cinema Gems. Yes. Um, and, and also, uh, guys, this is where we go ahead and talk about what we're going to be doing next month. Because I have a very, very special episode yes. that I'm doing next week uh, with a local uh, DJ. Uh, that I am excited to uh, hang out with and uh, talk about a very special movie that's near and dear to the two of our hearts, um, is for the month of July, usually when uh, movies that come out are really box office, uh, I guess, box office movies. We're doing box movies. office bombs. We're do- we're wow. doing- <laughs> you couldn't even let me. You couldn't even let me lead up to it. Uh, the movies that are basically made to shatter box office potential. Uh, we decided that this month we're going to do, uh, for July, we're going to do box office bomb month. So we're going to do five movies that bombed at the box office. Five uh, movies that uh, performed underwhelmingly, to say the least. Some a bit more than others. Yeah. Um, and these aren't necessarily the five biggest box office bombs in history, uh, but these are five that stood out to us. Yes, these are five that are near and dear to our heart that we think should be seen again and not be made fun of or yeah. demonized as much as other box office bombs. Or movies that actually broke box office things, like the Fast and the Furious movies. How are those oh still going goodness. on? I don't know. I really don't know. I do okay. know that for a while they were just exploiting the death of Paul Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we got going on in July, and I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited for it. Yes, uh, and we have a very special theme. Uh, not only don't uh, hype we'll not it up have, too much yet. <laughs> we'll not have. We'll not only have music from Kevin George, um, and of course. Thank you to Marty and the Eric Nazerber for letting us be on your website, loweringpictures.com. But we have a very original score. I don't hype it up yet. Don't hype it up yet. Well, I wasn't going to. Don't. I wasn't going to hype it up. I was going to hype it up. I was going to hype up the score, but be like, it's but maestro, so it's it equates to being okay. (laughs) You didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but an original score by my co-host, uh, Butt Maestro, who I personally enjoyed the uh, Michael Keaton month theme, oh, but he's you. kind of he's kind of wishy-washy about it. I personally enjoyed it a lot, um, and I can't wait to see what happens for this one. Um, and then also in October we have another special month, but we won't talk about that. Um, but yeah, we'll get there uh, when we get there. Yes. Um, but that's all I have 
for this. Oh, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Holland Sci-Fi. You can also follow uh, But My Show on Instagram at the Robear MMX. And yes, uh, the, the Robear Robert MMX and the Robear 2010 on Twitter. Correct. There you go, uh, guys. Look, uh, this one's a little bit shorter because 300 is one of those movies. Substance-wise, it's a concentrated form it's, of a movie. Like it's like a, every like a lot of things Zack Snyder does, it is very much style over substance, but not necessarily in a bad way. There is a lot of style involved. There is a lot of really awesome shots because, like I said, he he specializes in making comic book panels come to life. Yes. In really beautiful ways. Yes. Uh, and if, if that's your thing, absolutely get drunk and watch this movie and have fun with it. Get drunk and have fun with Sucker Punch, because I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not uh, a great movie story-wise. It makes no fucking sense in terms of story, but like, there is something kind of awesome about watching four really hot women with just kick ass with samurai swords in a World War One trench with zeppelins and giant stone samurais. It doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't have to because it looks awesome. That's okay. Zack Snyder. I'll, I'll give you that. I was like, I was like, wait, how are you going to end it and mesh it all together? And I was like, oh, he did. He did. Uh, I but yeah. Lack of faith disturbing. Uh, but look, guys, <laughs> this is. Uh, a movie that we jokingly said we were gonna do for our quote unquote 300 episode, and we did. We and, it just so, and it just Here so it happened is. to be Pride Month, and it worked out perfectly. <laughs> that being said, uh, genuinely, uh, to all of our uh, to to our friends and uh, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary friends and everyone in between, uh, he's, hens, and they's, and uh, all of you beautiful lovely people happy pride month uh i genuinely believe that anytime someone uh feels more comfortable in their own skin the world becomes a more beautiful place correct anytime someone becomes more comfortable being who they are and not hiding themselves the world becomes a more beautiful place and please know that at least with the admiral and myself you are safe, you are loved. Um, and I hope you feel that way out in the world. Um, uh, we love all I'll, you guys. And also, guys, I hope that um, oh, as things get back to normal a lot quicker than they should, that you also take some some uh, you take a mental day every once in a while that you need to. You take some time yes, for yourself. You also understand that it is okay to think about the existential crisis that is going on. <laughs> And also put yourself in a mood or a space that is comfortable to you without harming anyone else around you. Again, like um, I like to say, uh, we all, at the end of the day, want to be kind to others. But sometimes you got to be kind to yourself first so you, can, so you can have the mental and emotional capacity to be kind to others. You can't pour from an empty cup. Please take care of yourself uh, and, so that you can take care of others and be kind to others. And also, guys, just breathe. That's it. Breathe hmm. and count to ten. Breathe Speaking of breathe, after this, I'm probably going to go borrow someone's HBO account and watch uh, In the Heights. 
I know that sounds like a weird segue, but there is a song in in the Heights called "Breathe." Oh, okay. That's interesting to know. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, guys. So that's all we have for uh this week. Uh, but my sure thank you for for helping me out with this episode, yeah. and also thank you just in general for having me for <clears throat> two hundred ninety-seven, three hundred episodes. Uh, and thank you for, for having there. me on for this and long. For- I, I didn't. I had no idea when I started on your show that I would be on here for what what's been like what two years now, two two ish uh, years. Two and a half. Yeah, like I I had no idea how long I was going to be on this show for. Actually, at the time, I thought it was just a temporary stand-in, but it's worked out very long. It's worked out very well for so long now. And I can't imagine doing a movie show with anyone else, bud. I wanted to make a joke, but I was going to be like, it still is a temporary spot. But I didn't want you to get offended. (laughs) I didn't want you to get, like, upset. I didn't want you to get upset. I didn't want you to... I was joking. By the way, I have to mention, because Michael Fassbender was in this movie, I'm genuinely surprised that you didn't make any Steve Jobs jokes. In this, well, in this the, why episode. do you think I said his name so strangely? His name starts with an ST. Stelios? Yeah. Stelios! Steve Jobs. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't have, you know, a, a tablet and was like, let me write all this down for you. We love all y'all. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can send all your comments, questions, concerns to cinemagems15 at gmail.com and the Twitter and the Instagram. Uh, you can reach out to us for literally anything. We're always listening, and we're always trying to make this show the show that you want to listen to. Uh, we and love also, you guys. guys, wipe your hooves and see you later. But also, Black Lives always, always. matter. Bye, guys. Bye.